Good morning or afternoon or evening, depending on where you are signing in from. My name is Cindy Messmer, and I am a white, cisgender, able-bodied female. Um, I uh, go by the pronouns of she, her, and I am currently residing on the occupied land of the Potawatomi uh, tribe. And I just wanted to uh, welcome you to this live Instagram where I will be chatting with two of my co-teachers and coaches uh, for our trauma-focused narrative group training, which we're calling um, Telling a Truer Story. Um, I have the privilege and the honor to be with both Rebecca Wheeler-Waltzen and Danielle Casillejo. Um, and we're gonna chat a little bit about the training. We're gonna talk a little bit about uh, why we do this training, why we feel it is important and beneficial, and hopefully uh, answer any questions. Know that if you are joining, as you join, you are welcome to put whatever questions you have in the chat. Um, and um, we'll be happy to answer those for you. So as soon as Danielle and uh, Rebecca join um, the Instagram Live, then I will invite them to uh, join. So hopefully they do that. Um, hi, Deb, good to see you. Good to see you. It would be nice if I had two phones so I could text the people on one phone and actually do an Instagram live on another. Um, but I, I don't have two phones, so I hope they um, just pop up here. I don't see them yet, but they're probably logging on, um, hopefully soon. Let's see if I can find them. <clears throat> There's Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. I'm gonna let you in now. And she just pressed yes, accept join, and there she is. Hi, Cindy. We did it. Hi, Rebecca. <laughs> we did it. We did it. We'll get Danielle on here soon. I don't know. She just texted me. I saw it at the top of my phone. She's like, should I join? And I'm like, oh, that would be awesome. I feel like we should get like gold stars for figuring out the technology. <laughs> totally. I agree. I agree. It is a little tricky. So, um, but I hope Dan, so if you have access to text Danielle, text her to, to join my Instagram live and then I'll let her in. She has to join the okay. live in order for me to let her in. Do you have a I do, yeah. to text her? Or yeah. You do. Hey, that's a superpower, multitasking. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just I was telling uh, my uh, audience that, that I wish I had two phones, but I don't. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think I can use like tablet plus phone and maybe pull it off. Ah, uh, that is good. That will work. Wow. As soon as she shows up, then we'll add her. I think last time we did this with yeah, Danielle, she, she was in Mexico, and and she had like the worst condition ever. <laughs> Do you see her yet? I don't see her yet. Today she has to she has to join yeah. Instagram Live. Always a fun thing. Technology. I don't know. And then when you think you got it, that I did text her, but she did say something was wrong with her Instagram earlier today, so I don't know. Okay. Um, Let me see if I can request her without her um, joining. Let me see. I'm going to invite her. And then maybe she'll she said, 
You're not showing up she's... live on her Instagram. I told her to go to your page. My Art of Living. I told her to go to Art of Living. Yeah. And I did actually just invite her. So I manually invited her. But she can just say yes. Maybe if I invite her five times, she'll come. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. I just got a message that she's following me now. So, like, she hasn't been forever. I asked her if she could see the invite. Okay. Yeah, she's been really, like, I don't know what's been up with her Instagram. It's yes, been okay. a little wiggy lately. Right. Uh, she says she doesn't see it. She said Rebecca has me blocked. So if you if if I you don't have, have her blocked. <laughs> this is not she's blaming my you. page. Oh my your God. page. <laughs> That's <laughs> hilarious. You for it. Uh, That's very funny. Um, you sent me something that said yeah, when you log on, it said, join me. Yeah, it said, you well, that, I got right? a message that said the Art of Living is now live. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That that just automatically comes up if you're on my page. That's weird. So. Well, what do you want to do? Well, okay. we just chat, and maybe Danielle will pop up later. Okay. How about later? How about that? Yeah, sounds like a plan. Sounds good to you? All right. Well, V, Rebecca, we were awesome. We, we, I saw you yesterday. You did. I popped in for a little bit. Up. Yeah. I did. Michael's uh, one of my favorite people. Oh, Danielle's calling you? <laughs> Now she's calling me, yeah. So, um, yeah, so she's having a hard time logging on. So hopefully she'll continue to try. And if she can't, then it'll okay. we'll chat. That's fine. Yep. That's mm -hmm. cool with you. And then and then I will uh, snag Danielle. On a different day. Uh, okay. A different time. Yeah, I'll make her. Yeah, we'll do yeah. like 3 o'clock in the morning or something. <laughs> uh, well, Rebecca, I had a chance before you logged on, I just introduced myself um, and said that I had the privilege of being able to meet with you and hopefully Danielle. Um, do, do you want to introduce yourself? Is there anything that you would like to share about you? I told them that you are my, um, you know, dear friend and uh, co um teacher and uh, she said somebody has her block you don't you have her block i, I don't know, know that i i mean me. can you block somebody on your page oh, you, you can, think you can i block could block her off of sure. your page no you can't block her off of my page you can only block her off of your page so if she's blocked on your page since you're on my page maybe she's not i don't know you join i don't know no but she's not. not blocked on your page Tell her to sign on, on under a different, one of her other accounts. Okay. She's got like four of them, I think. Like, I don't care what account okay. she's on. Okay. I'm sending her that now. Oh. All right. How oh. would I introduce myself? Um, hey, everybody. I'm Rebecca. Um I am a lot of things. I am African-American. I am a woman. I am follower of Jesus Christ. I am a mother and a wife. Um, and all of these things affect a sense of my story. Um, how I have come to be on the screen with you today is a long story with um, lots of plot twists, some of them good, some of them bad. Um, and I, I have found that um, 
using the tool of story to understand myself and my own background um, and those around me has proved immensely helpful um, in many ways, professionally, personally, as a parent, as a wife, um, as someone who wants to care for my friends and my family well. So there she is. Hey. Danielle. You did it. I'm so excited, Danielle. Oh, thank you, Rebecca. We're just introducing, our, I introduced myself, Rebecca introduced herself. Is there anything else you wanted uh, to share, Rebecca, before we got super excited that Danielle Just that I on? would add uh, <laughs> that, that Danielle is somebody I consider to be a partner in crime, an accomplice, a co-conspirator, um, in, 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 a, in a great many things that make me smile and laugh on a regular basis. That is a lovely thing. You need you need accomplices yes, you like that for sure. <laughs> yes. Sorry, you had a hard time. Yeah, I think Rebecca accidentally has me blocked. <laughs> I did not block you. I don't even know Instagram well enough to do that. <laughs> I told her, I'm like, we're I'm like, blaming you. What I mean? Accomplice, partner in time. <laughs> well, I am so excited to be with both of you um, as, uh, you know, uh, my, my co-teachers and uh, coaches in our training, and I just adore both of you. And so I thought it'd be fun for us to have a little bit of a chat. Um, for our audience to share a little bit about. So, Danielle, would you like to Sure, yeah. I'm in Paulsville, Washington on uh, Suquamish land. And if you can see out there, it's sunny. And that's like a miracle. It's, it's actually warm in my office. So that's awesome. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm in Washington State. I'm part of the Mexican community out here. And I'm a licensed mental health therapist associate in Washington, and I work primarily with people who have experienced sexual trauma, racial trauma. Um, I'm working through identity issues. Um, and one of, I don't know if you asked me this, Cindy, but one of the reasons I wanted to be with you in your training is because um, I love the eclectic, uh, the opportunity to work with eclectic voices and eclectic faces. And the, not the demand to be something different other than I am. And so that was one, mm -hmm. um, that's something that really drew me to the training and participating with you. So. Mm, yeah. Thank you for saying that. Like that too is really important and has been so beneficial. I love that our team is like, um, we have very, all very different personalities different sense of humor, even though we laugh a lot, um, um, and, and just uh, come from different backgrounds and different cultures and, um, and all together um, and have different ways of looking at things, have different ideas of um, like faith and what our faith looks like might be look, looked a little different than other people. And yet, um, I think what's lovely is that there's a mutual honor and respect amongst all of us. And so, um, and I think that adds to um, giving other people permission to be exactly where they are. So, yep, I love that. I love that. And I'll have a chance to meet with Jenny McGrath and Abby Wong Hefner, Hefner um, on what day am I meeting with them? Tomorrow. Tomorrow is Thursday, right? I'm losing track of days tomorrow. Yes. So I'll have a chance to meet with them tomorrow. So I thought it'd be fun for us to talk a little bit about, um, you know, like what this work, doing story work, teaching about trauma, teaching about collective trauma, like how this can actually benefit our audience. And um, I'm, I'm aware that a lot of our audience, may, some of which know about story work, some of which know about how to engage trauma, and then there's many people that don't. And I think that there's some people that might be hesitant to join a training um, if they're not 100% sure what they're stepping into. So I thought it'd be good for us to talk a little bit about, like, 
the, all the different kinds of benefits um, and that you don't have to be a clinical therapist in order to do this work. Um, I think um, you can you can be in all sorts of different fields in order to engage this kind of work. And we welcome that and want that. I mean, I would say I, for one, am, am not a licensed therapist. Um, and 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 I would say, like, you you can look at this work from a professional standpoint and and ha and think about you know what do I do professionally, but I actually think it's more helpful to just think about how many times in a given week are you asked, are we asked, am I asked, to sit with someone in a place that's difficult, right? Just just this week alone, um, as a mother, I've had to sit with my kids over things, as as a um, as a wife to support my spouse um, and as a friend to support friends and family members through things that are difficult. Mm -hmm. and, and then the question becomes, how do I do that well? And how do I offer more than, than a sense of platitude? Um, and, and what do I do when I'm not sure quite what to ask? Uh, I don't know how to step in. Um, and I feel that sense of a word that we use in the training a lot, powerless, powerless to stop it, powerless to fix it, powerless to relieve whatever tension, anxiety, pressure, stress is on those that I love that are close to me. And I, and I found that this work, um, if I can, if I would call it work, um, this, this skill, this uh, training, this vocabulary helps me show up as a friend better, as a wife better, as a parent better, and as a professional on behalf of people who are near me um, that could just use someone to sit with them and be there as a tangible force uh, when things get hard. Yeah. yeah, that's so good, Rebecca. Like, I'm even mindful as you're talking about that, um, like how much we all need that, right? We all need people in our lives, to, like, um, to, like, to hear us, to attune to us, to actually offer us good questions and, um, and to be able to speak to what we're experiencing. And I'm aware that, like, this has been a difficult week for me. And, um, and I have um, talked to many members of my team and had had a chance to talk with Rebecca and um, felt her presence and, she was able to speak to me in, in such a way that brought a sense of peace in my body and a sense of clarity because mm -hmm. I felt like I was spinning a little bit. And so, um, yeah, just so incredibly um, hopeful. So, yeah, thank you for saying all that. I, I think that's true. I'm curious what you think, Danielle. What, how, would you, how would you answer um, that? About question? collective work? Yeah, about like, what do you think this like, what, how, um, how might this work be helpful for a variety of different kinds of people in different places? Um, I mean, you, you've been part of the training for several, you know, a few years now. And so you've seen up close and personal people with a variety in a variety of different settings um, benefit from this kind of training. And I think it's these types excellent. Skills. I think as a like a quote unquote teacher facilitator, I actually think the things I've learned with Art of Living have really served me in my community, which is, and it's funny that I say I've learned because I have learned a lot uh, from the way we've worked together and worked through content and um, maybe I wouldn't say conflict, but difference of opinion or difference of thought on certain subjects. I recently did a town hall in my community and I found I've had some negative experiences where I've been a part of systems that don't work. And so learning from that, but also drawing on an experience that did work, which was how the leadership worked together, Art of Living. And I, I think what I noticed is that it's really practical to a lot of things. And you wouldn't guess that coming to Art of Living would be practical. practical. Like I think on the outside, you would say, oh, that's for therapists. That's for this and that. But I actually found it really practical for organizing a community event and making relationships across different cultures and ethnicities. In my own town, 
around a subject of education where, I mean, of course we're valuing mental health care, but it, it, it wasn't the main focus, right? Like sitting down in a therapeutic setting wasn't the focus. These were larger meetings, different kinds of conversations. But I think of all the training I've had, participating with the leadership in this environment gave me kind of the muscle memory to have an experience with people that don't think the same as me where I could go into a situation where I need to actually have some kind of memory of how do I work with people that are very different? How do I hold their stories and their trauma? And how then do we like collaborate and work together? And I think doing that at Art of Living like really has helped me in really practical ways in the last few months even. And so I felt really grateful for participating in the leadership of this training and sitting through the other teachers and learning from them, learning from you, Abby, Jenny, Rebecca, like I also felt so appreciative. Um, I would just say applicable, like hell yes. Like, and I mean to like something that in my community that needs to change that really has nothing to do with sitting in my therapeutic office in a story circle, but it had so much application. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Thank you, Danielle. Um, and, uh, and so I'm wondering if maybe it might be helpful for us to share a little bit about what a participant might experience stepping into our training. Um, uh, this training in the spring is going to be on four Fridays and that you also have an option of stepping into what we call um, a circle group or a story group where you can actually practice with whatever coach comes alongside you. Um, you're not going to be left on your own. Um, we will be super supportive of you and encouraging. And then you get to practice. What does it look like to not just um, listen to people? people but how do you engage people and what they're sharing and maybe stories of harm or things that they struggle with in a way that actually is very attuning and in a lot of ways is is ways that we actually never received as a child or we rarely received as a child um and so um maybe it'd be helpful for us to share a little bit about like if if a participant stepped into this training what are some other things that, that you guys would name that they might experience? I would say um, like a basic kind of landscape around the concept of trauma. And I use that word, Danielle used that word, Cindy, you've used that word in the last, you know, two minutes. And, and, and at first glance, like the knee-jerk reaction might be like, I'm, I don't have trauma. I'm not, I'm not traumatized, right? I've never been. I, and so... Um, and been, been there, been there sitting in the seat going, this is not for me, right? And one of the things I think that happens in, in this group is, is, is a sense of being able to locate yourself in a particular circumstance. Um, and, 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 and to have a sense of like what the word trauma means. And it might be that you are the main character in a story where the, there has been like a significant wounding or injury that happened right and maybe it happened directly to you and 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 so we can talk about uh you're traumatized by that one thing um could be that you you belong to a collective group of people and that collective group has experienced a trauma Mm -hmm. I think about the shooting at Michigan State in the last 36 hours, certainly a trauma, mm -hmm. uh, a, a traumatizing event. If you happen to be affiliated with that university, right, you could be, we could be talking about a collective trauma that happened to a group of people. Um, as, a, as an African-American woman, like I think about the collective trauma of my people um, African hyphen American, particularly during Black History Month, and so there's a lot of there's a lot of conversation right now around Black history and what happened to my people, and so a sense of collective trauma there in, in terms of a group that I belong to, um, and I also think we end up talking about things like secondary trauma mm -hmm. because maybe I'm not the actual person who was the main character 
in the event, but it happened to someone close to me, someone that I know. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm in such close proximity to them that, that what happened to them impacts me as well, right? And so I think all those things are things that we explore and we talk about. And, and, and surprisingly, <laughs> there are more sort of capital T traumas in my story, little t traumas in my story, than, than I was aware of when I started this work. And so um, that is something that I think we, we have an opportunity to explore as we sit in the training. Hmm. That's good. That's good. Thanks, Rebecca. Yeah, I think I said the same thing when I first started this kind of work. I'm like, I don't have any trauma. Like, you know, and now, you know, over a decade later, um, and I have a clearer picture, a more truer story um, of what I experienced and how that impacts me today. I think that's one of the other things that we talk a lot about is uh, trauma from the past. A lot of times people say, oh, it's in the past. We don't have to talk about it. But it actually, the, it keeps showing up in our present and how we relate to people. And so... Um, I would definitely not say that I have no trauma. I've had a significant amount of trauma and harm, capital T trauma, lowercase trauma. You know, to me, actually, it's more about like, how did I survive that trauma that keeps, in a sense, showing up today um, in a variety of different ways. And so we talk a lot about like, what's the impact and how is that showing up in like how you relate to people and your style of relating and how you connect with other individuals and how can you become more aware of that? And what, what kind of pieces, defense structures, do we say thank you that, that we needed those defense structures, right? Um, but maybe now they're getting in the way of us being able to connect in the way we want to. Yeah, when I think of trauma, I mean, I think of, um, I'll just reference really practically being in this town hall and listening to the stories of like young students and parents that have been, you know, either discriminated against or racially profiled or denied access. And <clears throat> the first meeting we had in November, I was surprised by the stories. I, I think just not surprised that they existed, but just surprised that people were willing to share. And I left the meeting and the next day I felt like I had the flu. I was just a wreck. And I was like, why is that? Like, what happened to me? Like, I'm a therapist. I listen to stories all day long. And then I don't remember if it was you, uh, Cindy, or if it was Jenny, but just talking about how the body metabolizes that. I know I'm kind of going off the rails right here, but this is what's on my mind based on what Rebecca said. And I like had to slow down and breathe and like, kind of like give myself some hot baths and take care of myself. And um, honestly, just remember some of what we covered in our training and give myself that grace and that need. And so the difference between that environment and then being in a story group or a coaching group is there is that containment. Again, you're creating that muscle memory. What does it feel like when I share my story and I care well for myself and there are people there to care well for me? Because we're not always going to be in the environment of that kind of coaching and care. But having that muscle memory of a group experience, whether I'm a leader or a participant, I can reference back to those things. Mm -hmm. So even when I'm not in a group like that, I still have a way to take care of myself or a, a muscle memory of it. So again, I just feel like it's really practical. Um, if you're an educator, if you're a school counselor, if you're a teacher, like these are things that are like really practical to help students, to help yourself. Um, because as we know, it's not just counselors hearing the stories of trauma. It's happened. I've heard of, I heard something happen at the postal office. Like literally, where are you in the world? You're hearing about things that have happened. So I just feel like it has a really practical application. You know, you mentioned groups, Danielle. And so I, I just want to say a little bit about that. So so practically speaking, what we're talking about is that half of the time during the training, you will be, uh, you know, it's going to feel familiar, like someone talking to you, lecturing, giving you content, information that you can take notes on and vocabulary words and all that. But then a, a, a good portion of the trauma, you will be, a, a good portion of the training, you'll be assigned to a small group that you will stay with 
during the entire training. And when you're in that small group, you get an opportunity to, to tell a story, some story about yourself um, and in an event, an incident, um, something that happened to you that you want some care around, that you would like someone uh, to lay eyes on for their ears to hear it um, and, and to get a sense of like uh, care around around that incident and i think um i think for me uh when when i was in that seat um the the six people that were with me to this day are people that uh i call i text Mm -hmm. there there are six people on the planet who i know know me really well and that's a weird thing to say because they don't know my favorite color. They don't necessarily know that I'm allergic to nuts. They don't, you know, I don't I don't go to the movies with them. We don't go out for coffee. But, but they know some of the hardest moments of my life. And if and when I, I hit another hard one, there are these six other people that I can send a one-word text to. Mm-hmm. Simply an, an emoji just that says, like, help. Mm-hmm. And And these people rally to my side um, and rally in a way that is like, um, I see you, I hear you, I feel you, and, um, and I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And, I, and mm-hmm. I think that, um, and the, you know, that was years ago when I, I was sitting in the seat as a participant and to know that there are these six other people on the planet um, who would, at the drop of a dime, um, rally to my side means a lot. I think that it's a really common experience we all have of being misunderstood, mis, um, misinterpreted, missed altogether, overlooked, uh, minimized, marginalized, mm-hmm. discriminated against, hurt, right? We all know that more familiar with it than we want to be. Mm-hmm. But what what I have found to be transformative is the experience of some of that being repaired. Mm-hmm. The experience of some of that being restored uh and 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 redeemed. Um and it it's just an it's an amazing uh thing to to experience. I can't really say more than that. You'll have to just take me up my word um and show up and 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 see who are those four, five, six other people that will learn to rally to your side, and how will you learn um, to be that on behalf of someone? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I think like, like um, I think along with that. One of the things that I experienced in our last training is um, not only a connectedness within the, our smaller groups, but also like the larger cohort. Um, we, we don't just lecture at it; like it's really important to us that it be a dialogue, um, so that it feels like a community that's interacting back and forth about content related to trauma, content related to um collective trauma and um um and uh you know how to engage stories and with different personalities and different uh ways of interacting with people and so um i think that's been something that has been um fun i mean i like to learn things but i much i'd much rather actually it be a dialogue and um interactive and we often as a team we'll switch a little bit of where we might go based on um, our participants. So if our participants are like, this is something that's really important, we want you to speak to it. And maybe we actually, in the beginning, weren't gonna speak to it. We will readjust some of what we teach in order to speak to the unique group of this cohort, this participant group that comes. Because every cohort is a little bit different as far as like, their personalities or what they need or what they desire and that's important to us so that feels to me like attunement right and again 
vocabulary words that you that will hit in the training, right? Concepts that your hearers talk about. But the basic idea that you actually see the person in front of you mm-hmm. and that you see them in their context, right? That I can see Cindy as, mm-hmm. as, as a white woman from the Midwest, that I can see Danielle as a Mexican woman um, who lives in the Pacific Northeast um, or North, Northwest, like to, to, to see people in their context and to not have sort of a one size fits all, um, this is how this thing works. And so I think um, I think it, I think you're right, Cindy. I think it's the value of having a really diverse team um, of people that come from all different backgrounds, uh, where different um, different disciplines, different professions, different ethnicities, um, different orientations around our faith, and different things. So that um, so that in a team, I think that has learned to listen well to one another. Mm-hmm. So that if one of us says, hey, there's something here that I think we need to pay attention to. There's a way that I see this in my particular context. Um, there's a way that I hear what a participant is asking, and I can hear a particularness to it that maybe the, the person sitting next to me can't hear. Right. And, and I think I do think um, it's one of my favorite things about this particular team is how easy it is for us to to hear that and to value and respect that the person sitting next to me sees something I don't see and to, to step into that with a sense of what can I learn from you and how can we show up better on behalf of the people that are in the room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that, that too. Why are you grinning, Danielle? I don't know. It's just like, I like it. I like it when you talk. <laughs> I appreciate it. But I am sad that you blocked me. I'm still on Girl, I did not block you. Yeah, I didn't that. I'm not even proficient enough in Instagram to be doing that. I just think Instagram <laughs> blocked us because they were trying to they were trying to uh, thwart us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, we were really hurt oh. you here, Danielle. <laughs> Uh, I think I think too what people are witnessing right now is also a part of our training I mean you will see us laugh you will see us be playful you will you will not only with each other but with our you know the team uh with the participants um like um you know of course um, I'm not the best sense of humor out of all five, but um. there's a healthy dose of humility too. I can hear it. <laughs> Just kidding. But I, I think another thing that's really important to, to let people know is what's um, even if I just think about our last cohort, there are several people in that cohort that are in a real particular way using exactly what they practiced in that cohort outside the cohort. I had people starting groups, doing their own groups in their community. Um, Now that they've learned like the goodness that comes from that, that they're creating groups in their churches and in their communities or wherever they have influence. And so, um, and that they're, checking in with me and saying like, Hey, I'm starting this group and I'm so nervous, but so excited. And I, that I just warms my heart that people are actually taking what they're learning and actually taking it into their places of influence, whether it be in their homes or in their communities or in their practices or wherever. Uh, Agreed. Danielle and I have jumped on the phone several times just as moms mm-hmm. of teenagers and been like, my kid came home from school and this is what happened. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and Danielle knows this, right? Like, and Cindy, you too. Like I, I've actually said to my kids, Hey, I, I, I've learned to do this thing called story engagement, right? Would it be okay with you if we just talk through what happened today from that kind of vantage point? And, and, and what that really means is actually stepping close to a story, like going all the way to, to ground zero, to the point of impact, and like getting your fingers in the dirt, right? And inspecting sort of the damage that, that has happened. 
um, there, not from 30,000 feet where you can't really tell the details and you can't really understand how a phrase that was used, a word that was used, an accusation that was said about you, like you can't really understand the impact that it has and the way that it echoes through um, your, your sort of collective story, right? And so if, 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 if a boy uses a derogatory term towards my daughter, as a girl, in the, in 2023, right, a, a derogatory w word used towards a woman hits different mm -hmm. than the same word would hit a man. And that isn't to say that it it isn't it isn't hurtful or harmful to the guy, but it is to to see like my daughter in her particularity and know that that's not the first time somebody has used a derogatory word about her beauty or her body. And so the cumulative effect of multiple events in different spaces from different people takes on a different kind of weight. Mm -hmm. And so can I step in with her over something that happened and like see her in her particularity and step really close to the details and actually sit with her in, um, in, in the myriad of emotions that, that, that can hit you in a matter of seconds. Everything from anxiety mm -hmm. to fear to worry to, to pressure to stress to, like, relief and release. Like, all of it, right? And to, to disentangle all those seconds that hit really fast and to attach to, to those emotions. What, it, what does that feel like in your body? Again, this language you're going to hear that I'm like, who asked that question? Who says that? And who really cares, right? Mm -hmm. But but to, to know that in, that anxiety shows up for me in a racing heartbeat, or or to know that mm -hmm. stress shows up for me in tension between my shoulder blades, I might not have the word. I might not be able to say I'm feeling anxious because again, that's not normal every everyday language unless you're a therapist like Danielle and Cindy. Mm -hmm. But I might be able to tell you that my head hurts. I might be able to tell you that my chest feels tight, right? And one of the things that you, you, you learn in this work is the sense of those physiological feelings are attached to emotions that are attached to stories. And so if we can kind of disentangle all of them and, and tend to them, then, then you might feel that chest tightening loosen and your ability to take a deeper breath. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah, and I think we talk a lot about paying attention to your body and what, what your body is actually experiencing and just noticing that. Um, because I think often people aren't with us that are actually helping give language to what we're feeling. You know, if your stomach hurts, you might be like, oh, you, you know, somebody might say, oh, you must have ate something that's bothering you instead of actually, I'm really anxious about going to school today, or I'm anxious about stepping into this conversation with this person. Um, and, and it's story, like I've had many of these types of conversations that create this anxiety and I feel this pit in my stomach. And to have somebody sit with you um, and actually um, uh, value what's coming up in your body and be curious with you what your body might be speaking to. And so these are all things that we talk about um, somatically um, uh, about how to actually honor what our bodies are telling us and to be curious, openly curious about what it might be speaking to in regards to our stories. Um, and I just think about, about like, if like, I love how you talk about yeah, how you engage your, da your daughter, because the beauty of that is as you help her give her language to what her body is experiencing or what she experienced and what she heard and as she starts to talk more about that there's less of a chance it's going to be embedded in her body um, in a way that's going to be incredibly um, more toxic and more unhealthy um, than if she actually is given space to be able to give language and to experience your face and your kindness and your your pain on her behalf. That that actually allows the trauma to be metabolized in the body in a very different way than if actually she doesn't get attunement. Yeah, I think 
think what you said is important, Cindy, because you're talking about being able to understand and make meaning of the trauma, mm -hmm. not a promise that, that the trauma won't happen again. Right. Right. And I think that's a really important point. Like we can't actually promise that. We I can't we can't prevent and and put each other in this perfect world where bad things, hard things, hurtful things, harmful things don't happen. Right. But we can learn to be with each other and help each other make meaning of or as you say, metabolize what happened to us in in a way that Perhaps you're able to hear it as like a difficult, bad, hurtful thing happened, as opposed to I'm a difficult, bad, and harmful person. Exactly. And and yes, and that's a very mm -hmm. important distinction. And I think, as you say, if we don't have the, the support we need to metabolize the trauma, we end up in a space of I'm a bad person, right? A, a young girl who's constantly hearing derogatory comments about her beauty ends up in a place of I'm unattractive and I'm ugly and I'm, I'm unworthy and I'm not pretty and I don't have anything to offer. Right. And that spirals can easily spiral into all kinds of things, uh, all kinds of, of harmful behaviors. Um, and I think the idea of giving people the space to metabolize the trauma is to maybe help it live in a place of a bad thing happened to me, not I am a bad person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So important. Yeah. And those are the things that we want to teach people. And one of the interesting things about stepping into our stories, and maybe it was, we didn't have anybody that actually tuned to us. And so it is embedded in our body. When we step back into our stories, it is a form of reenacting that story where those emotions and those bodily exp experiences come back up, but it, but in a way that will actually alter the story. It's not going to change what happened, but now you have eyes on you and you have tears on your behalf and you have people speaking words to you and, in, and offering you words. And that is actually what will shift and change the trauma that, that is embedded in our bodies that starts to loosen up um, and has less uh, power or influence in our current day life. And I think that that goes back to my point of that, like what I like to call muscle memory of, you know, like we don't just store up um, trauma in our bodies over generations we store up healing and resilience and so it's like how do we ask access that how do we engage that and part of it is through story and you know story mm -hmm. is something that's you know so old no one owns story work if someone tells you that that is a lie like <laughs> they're like all of our cultures <laughs> hold a bit of story and a lot of story in them and and oral story traditions to be honest and um so we're just inviting you into that space for you and to engage those healing things that you might notice, oh, my resilience is in, I, I walk, I connect to nature, I connect to water, or um, after a group, maybe, you, maybe you're able to read or have more bandwidth to show emotion with your family. Like that, the, it isn't that we are giving you an answer. But we're really trying to help you engage like your culture's way of healing and resilience. And as we open that up together, that's why I like that you're so different. Because we have, each of our cultures has its own history of story. And it's its own way of engaging that. And that's where we're inviting you into, you know, part, you know, kind of where you're coming in at. And how can we help open that up for you? So you have access to those good things inside of you. It's not just trauma you hold inside of you. Yeah. Agree. Good. Thank you, Daniel. I agree too. It's great. Well, I'm, I'm aware of time and um, I don't want to steal all your guys' time, even though I, I love chatting with you and we could chat for hours. Um, but just some for our audience, for those that are here present, as well as we'll listen to this video later, just some practical things in regards to the training. Our training actually will start in less than a month. So excited. Um, and what I want to tell you about registration is that registration will close the 24th of this month. So that's not this Friday. That's the following Friday. 
So if you're hearing this or you've been contemplating engaging um, this training, please sign up quickly because um, we have a certain amount of spots um, for uh, those who are participating in the, in the group part portion as well. We only have 30 spots available. 15 of those spots are reserved for our BIPOC participants. Um, and that we do have scholarships for our BIPOC participants, for those of you who uh, that might be helpful for you. So um, how you can find um, us. Um, and if you have additional questions, please don't hesitate to DM me or send me an email or send me a message. I'm more than happy to like hop on a phone with you, hop on a Zoom call with you if you have questions. Um, answer any questions um, um, through email, anything like that, please don't hesitate to ask questions. Now, and you can also actually access some more information and our registration page on the, on the link um, in my bio, or you can go to artoflivingcounselingcenter.com uh, under trainings, and that will, you can get there as well. Um, so thank you so much. Um, for our, first of all, our audience for joining us, but thank you so much, Danielle, and thank you so much, Rebecca, for joining me and chatting a little bit about like this amazing thing that we have an opportunity of being able to come alongside other people and get to do, so. Thank you. Thank you. See you guys soon. Bye. Everybody have a good Bye. Day. Bye.